and welcome to Ad Creeps, the podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm Dee, and I'm here with my best friend, Al. Hi, it's me, Al. Hi. We just went through a, what, four-hour D&D session? Yes. So if we slip into character voices, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Al is a big uh, Russian-type bugbear. Yeah, big bugbear, barbarian. And uh, I'm a... Teen boy angel. Little angel boy. Just sad, sad and gay. <laughs> so basically myself. Hey, Al, before we get started, yeah. can I tell you a story? Please. Um, you know how we love to put our parents on blast. Oh, we love it. Because so, we have a podcast instead of therapy. Um, mm, I also do therapy. <laughs> I also do therapy. Don't worry. So my mo- my, my mom uh, they're, and dad are going on a, a, a vacation. Mm-hmm. And my mom's a little bit like always extra careful with like, aircraft flights and you oh know, yeah you know what what if the worst happens sort of thing so she sends me two days ago she sends me an email and let me just uh i i gotta get you the full wording i'm so nervous uh, <laughs> she sends me the title is in case and then she sends me a very cryptic picture of a shell box on her like wunderkammer like thing okay and i say what's in there question mark question mark <laughs> And she says, the way to open the Christmas box. I don't know what a Christmas box is. I am being cryptid. A puzzle hopefully you won't have to figure out. Love. I am being cryptid? Cryptic. Oh, cryptic. cryptic. I thought your mom was being a monster. Um, Wow. Yeah. Some real. I think maybe it's like a key to her will or something. (laughs) Just like something like that. I'm getting that vibe. Okay. 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 Yeah. It feels like it's going to spur you into a movie plot. Yeah. I think, you know what? I think that's it. (laughs) I think that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Just weird things parents do. Absolutely terrifying. Just, hey, tell your, tell your kids. Like, just talk to your children. (laughs) Just have an open conversation. It's not that art. I don't know. We're adults now. (laughs) Anyway, that's a fun thing. Wow. Congrats to your mom. Yep. Uh, Good Uh, luck with the Christmas box. Whatever that is. I don't know. (laughs) You open it, it'll be like sort of an intense puzzle in there. Oh gosh, that would be actually great. I would love that. I would love a puzzle. I would love a mystery puzzle. I'll do a puzzle any day. So I get that. And then I feel, I kind of have a, um, (laughs) I kind of go back and revert back to my, to my young adult childhood. Yeah, Absolutely. So this ad creep is basically about our university life. Oh, no. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Sean Fanning grew up right on the cusp of the internet, as we all did. Mm, Yes. As a baby Gen Xer, the World Wide Web made an appearance in his post-secondary life. As a young man, he watched his uncle John Fanning try his best to get rich quick (laughs) with this new piece of technology. Oh, no. With an online chess service, (laughs) chess.net. How do you get rich off chess? I don't... I think it's like a subscription sort of thing. Okay. People are like really big into it. Yeah. Yeah. And you have your ratings and whatever, a leaderboard. But I guess for chess.net, they you pay, pay okay. to be on Pay it. for chess. Pay for chess. Where you could just, I don't know, have, make a board. I, I would never pay for chess. I would never <laughs> Me? Me? No, ever. Never. <laughs> at the same time, Sean Fanning was just starting out at Northeastern University, a private college in Boston. 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 <laughs> I'm I'm D, that's Al, and we're a wicked queer. <laughs> True. <laughs> 
with an interest in computer programming. Mm, okay, okay. The World Wide Web was just starting to open up for students in the 90s. The bulletin board system. BBS. Or, yeah, BBS. Yeah. Were popular uh, at that time around college campuses. So do you, we had a BBS uh, at UVic. We did. Yeah. yeah. It was run by a guy that went to my high school. Excellent. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. And, uh, oh, boy. A lot, it was a big, like, campus file sharing service What was it as called? Well. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. But uh, also, the BBSs were a really uh, big place for the trans community to congregate in the early days of the internet. Yeah, it's it was really really like the fresh thing yeah. before before we had Google, like pre Google. Yeah. When you can literally go to the end of the internet, you had to ask Jeeves, you, "Hey, do you know any trans people? <laughs> and can I talk to them?" <laughs> Jeeves is like, "Yes, I'm an ally." <laughs> Uh, so if you don't know what a BBS system is, you would have access them with a dial-in modem. This is pre-wireless. Yeah. Uh, and it would connect you to a local system when where people in your area would also connect to. And then once you logged on, you could play games and exchange messages. Um, there were public message boards or direct messaging. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have like news bulletins um, on there too. And most importantly to our story that we're going to tell right now, you could upload and download software and data. Ah. And of course, porn. And of course, porn. Of course, porn. Do you remember how it, back in the day you would like try to open a pornographic, a pornographic JPEG image and it would load line by line of the image <laughs> and you'd just be waiting for it to get down to something good. Something, something. I just see flesh, 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 flesh. flesh. When are we going to get down to it? <laughs> I need something horrid. (laughs) (laughs) Sean Fanning wanted to take this idea and turn it into a streamlined business. On June 1st, 1999, Fanning and his friend Sean Parker launched their first peer-to-peer, or P2P, as, P2P. I, like, as I like to call it. Just uh, you. <laughs> file sharing network. That's for porn, right? Yeah, it's porn to porn. It's penis to penis. <laughs> Uh, News spread around campus, and within a matter of weeks, hundreds of college students at Northeastern were trading, uploading, and downloading music. Mm. Mm. Here he is. Here he is. Fanning and Parker's app was extremely easy to use and free, which meant it spread like wildfire. And not just around Boston, but throughout the post-secondary institutions around the United States and Canada. Mm. It began to become so popular that many universities began to ban the use of the network, not because of illegal file sharing, uh, but because it congested and broke down many of the brand new campuses' internet networks. Yeah, it checks out. <laughs> it was 1999. Yeah. Like, it was, there was... It All was bets were off. We were deep in the Neopets. <laughs> oh, my. I never did Neopets. Do you never do Neopets? No, I never... gambling for kids. It is just game. I don't know how I missed it. I think because we only had internet, I think when I was in grade like 10 11 12 oh okay yeah so like at home yeah so i think i must have been too too i might have had it i might have had it earlier i don't know i think for yeah for me it was like grade eight and nine were the big neopets years or maybe like i never i don't think was neopets advertised or how was it advertised because word of mouth between children exactly (laughs) i don't think anyone in my circle played it so it never got to me But I'm sure if it did get to me, I would be in trouble. Oh, for sure. (laughs) By the year 2000, CDs were the dominant music format with almost 1 billion sold a year. We've talked about that. Yeah, we have talked about it. Oh, yeah, at the, um, what was the... the, That's right. Tom's Diner. Yeah. 
But at $16 or more for one album, they were not cheap. They were expensive. God, I remember. And then, so 16 American, so it was like $18 Canadian. Yeah. Um, especially for college kids whose minimum wage was only hitting $5 an hour in the year 2000. <laughs> God, I remember my first job and it was, it must have been, well, I was like 14, right? Yeah. It was four something an hour. Rough. Rough. Young people were paying a premium price for a full CD, which they might only wanted one or two hit songs on it because um, they hear it on the radio, right? And you yeah. want the songs that you that you hear on the radio. So you buy a whole, like ho- buying a whole $18 CD and just wanting two songs, that was fucking awful. Do you remember singles, CD singles? Oh, yeah, I remember CD singles. I used to buy a lot of those. I bought, I bought CDs and then I would, you know, just learn to love the other songs. Yeah, I did too. I do miss the magic feeling of listening to a whole album, like, first to last. Yeah. And kind of thinking of a story or whatever. And, like, going over to your friend's house and they have CDs that you don't have, so they have songs you've never heard. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had a, uh, my friend that lived in the house behind me had Shania Twain CDs. Oh. And so it was very much like, you know, go over there, you get to get, get to check out whose bed of your boots been under, <laughs> all that kind of thing. Do, I don't know if we talked about this, um... Do you remember your first CD that you owned? Yep. What was it? It was the soundtrack to the film Now and Then. Was that with Amanda Bynes? No. No. Who was it? Had, it? Like, it had Rosie O'Donnell and... Oh, oh shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was okay. very much like um, a cast of characters as, as teens in the 70s and then in the modern day as adults. I remember. I remember. Okay. That was cute. So it had a lot of like 70s songs on it. Absolutely. Oh, that's neat. That's how you got into the, the 70s. Huh? I guess so. Oh. Um, my first one uh, was Big Shiny Tunes number three. Hell yeah. Baby. <laughs> and I, I think it fundamentally shaped me because I was really into that kind of music like throughout my music loving career. Yeah. The kind of punk hard quotient. I don't know that. Hard <laughs> hard for a 12 year old. Well, kind of. Mm. Okay, what is. Hold on. What's on Big Shiny Tunes? About to put you on blast. Okay, big shiny tunes number three. Like Creed. <laughs> Creed is hard. It's not pop. Okay, okay, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, first of all, Space Lord by Monster Magnet. Mm, a Dragula by Rob Zombie. Three MCs and one DJ. Um, Pure Morning. Oh gosh, Garbage Push It. The, the, Big Wreck? Yeah, they're good, but they're not punk. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I, I just mean punk in an alternative way. Okay, I see. It was, yeah, because yeah. that, that was what Big Shiny Tunes was. It was yeah. alternative rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, and fucking Matthew Goodband. Ugh. Man, I, I gotta tell you, and Americans, I don't think you had Big Shiny Tunes. No, that was a Canadian Much music, joint. right? Yeah. I gotta tell you... This is a perfect CD. I'm looking at it. It's absolutely perfect. They were formative collections. Yeah, I, I'm going to get it out. I still have it somewhere. Whip it out. I'm going to whip it out. Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz as the starter. Oh, God. Yeah, man. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. The lure of free music made Fanning and Parker's app grow substantially. Napster was not the first P2P sharing network, but it was the first to get this popular. Mm. By 2001, it had more than a million users, which meant the amount of files on their central servers of uh, connected users was like something never seen before. Hit music, rips of concerts, and even hard-to-find EPs were all just sitting there, easily searchable in a giant index of files. Yeah, man. That's what I loved about uh, about Netflix, about Napster, was like... 
You could literally find whatever you wanted. And sometimes you would find it and it would be a different thing than what you wanted. Yeah, that was fun. Did you get Bill Clinton? No, I didn't get Bill Clinton. I really? never got Bill Clinton. No. Uh, maybe it was more of a LimeWire thing or like later PTP. But there, I think even on Napster, you could download what you thought was going to be the song you wanted. And you would get an audio file of Bill Clinton saying, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> I never got Bill Clinton. <laughs> it happened really to me fun. a lot. <laughs> I My favorite thing is I would... Um, okay, this was this is such a fucking nerdy, awful experience. <laughs> Back when we were on the something awful forums, yeah. they had a goon radio. Yeah, and it was it was like it was interesting because it's very different music. You can think, find really different music on there. The stuff that I would never have heard of in yeah. the year two thousand and four or five, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'd listen to that, and then it had the. Um, the name of the artist on it. So what I would do is if I liked a song, I would go on Napster and then download stuff. Absolutely, yeah. But the thing was, sometimes it was labeled bad. And I, (laughs) for the longest time, I thought uh, a Flaming Lips was Radiohead. Really? Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. I love Radiohead. And then I heard like... about Yoshimi? (laughs) So good. How she battles those robots. And then when I find out, I very quietly changed everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was embarrassing. Fair. When I heard a radio song at a party, I'm like, oh, I love the Flaming Lips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Napster began to grow far too quickly not to be noticed by the music industry. Mm. Record labels have been famously slow at adapting to new technology or just overly cautious when dealing in risks. In fact, the first major label to sell a downloadable version of a song... Okay, it was 1997. Do you want to guess who it was? Like, what band? 1997, would it have been... Older band. Like, it's they've been around for a while. Rolling Stones? That's a good guess. It was Duran Duran. Oh, sick. (laughs) Capitol Records' Electric Barbarella by Duran Duran in 1997. But... It was a lukewarm reception, so it slowed down things from switching to CD to MP3, mm-hmm. um, as did a general lack of understanding of the internet in the digital movement. And this is proved by a quote from Alison Wenham, the head of an org for independent labels. Uh, she recounted a meeting she had at Middem, the industry's annual trade conference in January 2000. When Napster and digital downloads were brought up, quote, a man from one of the majors banged the table. <laughs> I would imagine like Khrushchev, right? And the and said the answer was to ban the internet. Mm. <laughs> They're trying. They're trying. They're trying. Because <laughs> it's bad when, when you put out money or put out music, you know, online for people to, to listen to. Mm-hmm. When, and I'm not benefiting the artists. Yeah. Um, but it's great when we do it in the future. So let <laughs> us do that. It's me, John Spotify. <laughs> and I can't wait to take all your money. A&M was the first record label to file a lawsuit against Napster, but it was the band Metallica's yes. suit that pushed the conflict to the public eye. Gosh, I remember. I remember that. It was in the news, and we were like, oh, no. Because <laughs> uh, we were downloading off of uh, yes. Napster. This is when our parents started asking us, oh, do you oh, know about that app, Napster? Are you using that? <laughs> Not on my computer. <laughs> I don't want to get arrested. <laughs> Right? It's like when our when our parents asked us about, have you heard about this crypto thing? And then ask you about it. And I don't like, think my parents ever asked no, me about really? that. No, <laughs> really? Oh, everyone had a Christmas where they asked about crypto or uh, NFTs. Oh. So the band found, or I guess like a representative of the band, found an alt mix to their song, I Disappear, which 
fucking rocks. <laughs> uh, the uh, Mission Impossible, the first Mission Impossible movie in the mm. soundtrack with uh, Tom Cruise and his very dumb glasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those wraparound sunglasses. Uh, they found out on the file sharing app. Metallica filed their suit against Napster for copyright infringement, racketeering, and unlawful use of digital audio inf- interfaces devices at a district court in Northern California. Mm. Metallica tracked down the names of 335,000 Napster users who had shared the band's music wow. and asked the app to ban them from the service. Good <laughs> That's thing I. It's truly so funny. Yeah. <laughs> This is why, this story is why I included this whole thing. This is ridiculous. Arrest these people. Here, we have names. In the words of uh, Lars Ulrich, well, they fucked us, uh, so we'll fuck with them. Metallica are cops, man. We're going to talk about that. (laughs) The band saw $100,000 per copyright violation. Unreal. You have a little teen who, like, again, probably heard Metallica once on the radio and like, oh, what's this Metallica about? Uh, uploads, I disappear. Is like, okay, love it. <laughs> or has this fucking Scorpion King soundtrack. Good God. And then like, and then, oh, $100,000. It's, it's, it's truly ridiculous. Ugh. Quote, with each project, we go through a grueling creative process to achieve music that we feel is representative of Metallica at that very moment in our lives, said Ulrich in a interview with Rolling Stone. We take our craft, whether it be music, the lyrics, or the photos and artwork, very seriously, as do most artists. It is therefore sickening, sickening, sickening to know that our art is being traded like a commodity rather than the art it is. Excuse me. Your art is traded like a commodity because you ask people to pay you for it. You're not fucking just out there. Like even the guy that painted the Sistine Chapel was paid for it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Art. Thanks, Ulrich. Like, the deep and thought-provoking lyrics, I am madly in anger with you, or I am the table, or love is a four-letter word. Yeah, no shit, James. (laughs) I can count, James. (laughs) Fuck, Jesus Christ. Metallica is okay. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. But, like, they're not horde anymore by today's standards. More like pastor of Muppets, am I right? <laughs> Got him! I feel like Metallica is very much like Kiss. Yeah. Where Kiss was really hard at the time, and now it's clown music. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Metallica, like, it's hard, sure, but it's largely clown music. It's largely clown music. And even that thing of, like, you know, the the Sex Pistols, like, were so artfully trying to be hard. Yeah. But at the same time, they were just shitty. They were They're... shitty and homophobic, and... They sucked. I just, uh, yeah, clown music. All of it. (laughs) All of it clown Clown music. music. There's clown music. Uh, The backlash was immediate. As Napster tried to stand their ground, Metallica's fans saw the lawsuit as a move motivated by greed. And it was. Yep. We want our money. Some, quote, some artists are in for the pure art of the music. Others are in for the money. Napster community mod Wayne Chang said in an interview with CNET, Metallica just showed us which side of the line they're on. Other bands began to come out in favor of Napster, including Public Enemy, mm, Limp yeah. Bizkit, The Offspring, and <laughs> my favorite quote of this whole uh, shebang, Motley Crue. 
Are you ready? I'm prepared. Quote, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. I think Metallica is hogs. <laughs> Bassist Nikki Six told MTV at the time, they make enough off of t-shirts and concert events and other forms of corporation. I think it's not acceptable behavior for an artist to do that to their fans. Electra and Metallica's management, they're puppeteering the guys in Metallica and they're fucking their fans. And I think it's fucked. Metallica's then spokesperson, Gail Fiennes, replied to MTV, if Molly Crew's on one side and we're on the other, you guarantee that we're on the right side. (laughs) Rude. (laughs) Rude. It's like, if you think about it, you know, uh, like a teen who's found Metallica for the first time and downloads a an MB3. If he really likes it, he'll go to the concert. He'll buy a concert exactly. ticket. He'll buy merch. He'll get other people into the band because he likes it so yeah. much. Whereas now with Spotify, it's like if you like Metallica, you go listen to most Spotify. They get sense. That's okay. They can have sense. Yeah, they can have sense. I <laughs> don't can care. Have sense. But it's just like I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we'll talk. I talk a little bit about the the. I think a lot of us on Napster, when we downloaded a couple songs that we liked, I actively looked for CDs. Well, because it's like, you know, do, is it worth it for me to buy the album? Do yeah. I like enough of the songs on it? Yes. I don't think I don't think people were... Well, maybe they were, but like the majority of people that I knew anyway would listen to the music that they downloaded on LimeWire or Kazaa or whatever. Yeah. And then like actively engage in the... In, the music like buy cds go to the concerts yeah when it didn't cost 200 fucking dollars for a ticket right and now we do the same thing with vinyl where we're like we're gonna listen online to see if we want to buy the vinyl exactly like i have a whole list of records that i want to buy um from bands that i really like and i've listened to them on spotify but i think they deserve some extra money As peer-to-peer MP3 sharing apps began to blossom over the web, full video files began to pop up as well. Yes, as long as there have been video cameras, there have been people with video cameras filming movies inside of movie theaters <laughs> and ripping multiple copies to sell. Yep. By the way, I don't know if you if you have a big bigger city, maybe you have this. Um, but Al, I want to know: Have you ever gone to like um, Fraser Street, our our Punjabi market district, mm-hmm. and there are at least two, if not three, movie stores? Yeah, and it's just Bolly rips of Bollywood music. Oh, absolutely! And you buy them for five bucks, and it is the best. <laughs> I love it and appreciate it because here's the thing: we can't get those movies. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, there's if there's no way for them to be distributed here, then why not? Why not? Then fucking why not? It's like when I watch uh, the Great British, the railway show, Mm -hmm. like you can't find that shit on Canadian television legally anywhere. Yeah. So I use a guy's Google Drive to watch it. Why not? Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. That's what this, hey, that's the thesis of this. (laughs) But the rise of DVDs came with some heavy digital rights management. Since 1990, DVDs have been protected from ripping with something called Content Scrambling Systems, or CSS. This system uses encryption to prevent the disks from being read by unauthorized equipment, specifically duplication tools. Also, I didn't know this. I I realized this like a while ago, but DVDs also have like a location thing. So if you play it, I think there is like divided by district. So let's say you buy a Canadian DVD and you play it in your Canadian DVD player. Mm-hmm. And I take the disc over to, I, I don't know, Singapore. Yeah. I can't play it there. 
Mm, there's some I read about that. There's something about location services. Yeah. This protection fell nine years later when Norwegian programmer John Leck Johansson released a free tool called DCCS or CSS to circumvent their right management me- mechanisms encrypted into every home movie DVD. Mm. John was 16 nice. when he mailed his first DCSS through an email chain. Nice. Right? Taking it down. Way to go, kid. <laughs> the teens are taking it down. The young adults, <laughs> the Gen Xs, we love them. Over the next two years, files for movies and TV shows could be found much the same way as Napster's peer-to-peer network. The next level of making it easier to share happened when University of Buffalo student Bram Cohen, again, another student, <laughs> created the first torrent system, April 2001. Hell yeah. Allowing a person to download a big movie file from multiple servers at once. This cut down the downloading time and even when sitting on dial-up internet, as we all were. Yeah. I didn't get into torrents till much, much, much later. Yeah, same because they're like for I didn't get into torrents until the other types of P2P downloading systems were, were unavailable. Yeah. I went Napster to LimeWire and I sat on LimeWire for a long time. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> long, long time. I have a okay, I have such a big memory of I would say 2005, 2006, when LimeWire also had video stuff mm-hmm. that you could download. And I got really into Conan O'Brien. Yes. So I would just search on LimeWire Conan O'Brien skits, like from his time at SNL, and download just the skits. Oh, wow. And just like sitting in the basement, like it was probably summer break, sitting at my parents' basement when they had better internet than the school. And, like, watching it and, like, living and seeing how funny, because they didn't have SNL DVD. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't have this stuff back then. I would, um, in high school, I would stay up and watch SNL and tape it onto VHS Did tapes. you really? Yeah. Oh, that was smart. I did that with um, Venture Brothers. Oh, yeah. When it first, I remember when it first came on the air. Nice. Baby. Movie torn sites began to pop up, and the largest, the Pirate Bay, mm-hmm. opened up shop in 2003 with 256 megabytes of RAM to run the site. Oh, that's not enough. To compare, my little computer that famously does not have enough room to both podcast and play World of Warcraft <laughs> has 8 gigs of RAM. Wow. <laughs> Bless. So you could run the Pirate Bay. I could run the Pirate Bay. Well, maybe the Pirate Bay in 2003. Yeah. Uh, some fun Pirate Bay facts for you. The, oh, actually, maybe you can guess. So the oldest torrent that mm-hmm. is still alive today, what do you think it is? Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean. That's a really good guess. Yes. It's not it, though. Okay. It's very it's very apt. It's the whole Matrix movie series. Oh, yes. That's right? sick. It's super, super sick. <laughs> it, you can still torrent from it today. Um, it. Wow. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, The five most torrented movies from Pirate Bay during its heyday, 2006 to 2011. Number five, The Hangover. Number four, Inception. Okay. Number three, Transformers. Number two, The Dark Knight. And number one, any guesses? Um, It was also the biggest box office hit in that era, too. But you probably have forgotten about it. Oh, I've absolutely forgotten about it. Avatar. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, movies famously starving for bo- box office cash. Like, yeah, they really, all desperately need they're it. All, they're very harmed by this. <laughs> Extremely harmed. I love how this is also a picture of the type of person who is downloading, like, using the Pirate Bay. Like, just a fucking <laughs> nerdy-ass teen boy. I just want to watch Avatar. <laughs> Transformers. I love Bumblebee. 
<laughs> fucking Jesus. Bumblebee was funny. He was cute. Yeah. You remember he when... He didn't need his own movie. No, he didn't need his own movie. I never saw it. But remember that time in the movie Transformers where one of the Transformers pisses on Yup. <laughs> was he pissing gasoline? I don't know what he was pissing. Some sort of... What do cars piss? Gasoline. And where? From whence? No, it can't be gasoline because you put the gasoline in the mm, car. To make them go. So, so what like, is the... What's the piss? It's just raw ethanol? I don't I know. I think so. I think it's like discharge. Just, you don't say discharge. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Gross, dude. <laughs> Holy moly. Now that the digital cat was out of the bag, motion picture associations had to frantically get things in control. Mm. Just like the record labels, they were not really sure how to react, most likely because they weren't so sure about how people were sharing or to what degree. This may explain why, in 2004, the Motion Picture Association of America paired up with the Federation Against Copyright Theft to make one of the most widely mocked and memed <laughs> PSAs in our internet history. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> you know I saw this coming. <laughs> excellent, excellent. The ad, which internationally appeared in theaters from 2004 to 2007, so that's our first university careers, yeah. basically. And were also put on many commercial home movie DVDs mm. as an unskippable clip before the main menu. So funny. You can't skip this. <laughs> Try to convince us that downloading a movie off a torrent site or peer-to-peer app is no different than stealing a car. <laughs> the piracy it's a crime PSA was eye-rolling and cringe even back in the early aughts. And iconic. <laughs> was iconic i thought it was well because we were both yeah committing piracy Uh, (laughs) oh i love the sound right i love it admitting piracy i think that brings us back to our really queer roots you know what i mean absolutely um we love we watch it it was dumb (laughs) absolutely not only that but a new study published in the information society in 2002 found that it actually did more harm than good for the corporations wow anti-piracy campaigns have shown to make piracy look like a social norm. And therefore, if everyone is doing it, it's probably not so bad. It's like the, the um, drugs thing, like, everybody's doing it. Yeah. Everybody's doing it? Okay. Okay, cool. Pot is Probably good. fine then. Yeah. Uh, so pot, it's uh, it must be addictive. No, it's not addictive. Pot, like, but everybody's doing but it. But everyone's doing it? Oh, so it must be fun. But it must be also fun. Or nice or have other side effects that would help with my chronic illnesses. Yeah, it makes sex feel really good. Well, that oh, sounds well, awesome. <laughs> so don't do it. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, quote, informing directly or indirectly individuals that many people pirate is counterproductive and encourages piracy by driving the targeted individuals to behave similarly, the study said. These messages provide the would-be pirates the needed rationalization by emphasizing that everyone was doing it. Yeah. Because, you know, the fear was that you, if you did it, someone would come to your house and arrest you. But if there are enough people doing it to put ads in movie theaters... Well, they can't arrest all of us. They can't arrest... Hey, they can't arrest all of us. I am Spartacus. (laughs) Did you ever have, um, like, in your circle of friends, the rumor that someone got hit with, like, a large fee? No, never. I had that in my, like... I was in university, but it was, like, a high school thing. Where my high school friends were like, oh, you remember 
This kid, Pat, oh yeah, he got it. Your high school friends were in America. Yeah, my high school friends were in America. Well, they can't get us. They can't get us in Canada, baby. Suck on that egg. I love, I love when a movie corporation emails my house saying, hey, we detected that you're downloading movies. Please stop. And we're like, you're damn Fuck right. No. <laughs> Canadian immunity, baby. You can't get us up here. I downloaded it as a parody. <laughs> I did do that when I downloaded the movie Elvis. It was a joke. It was a joke. And let me tell you, folks, I was not high enough for that movie. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. This anti-piracy campaign made digital piracy seem like the social norm, leading to even more piracy. Studies have shown. Hell yeah. Other campaigns try to change the messaging instead of focusing on how piracy hurts the music and movie industries. More specifically, individual people who work day to day to bring you the media you consume. So instead of saying, stop doing it, it's illegal. It's like, look at all the people you're hurting. But even that isn't true. Exactly. But do you remember those? Yeah, I do. I remember it's like the like it's the set of a film and it was like, I don't know, like an a Mission Impossible or something. Yeah. And they're like, look at this cameraman. If you steal, you're stealing out of his pocket and you're hurting his kids. Well, it's the same thing of like nowadays where you with cancel culture where it's like if you people say, oh, you know, boycott this film. Yeah. Oh, don't boycott the film. It'll hurt the people. It, no, it won't. It's already made. They've been paid. Exactly. This is what I'm good. I was going to yes. really... Film and TV shows, especially, are made by thousands of people. The majority of them are working incredibly long hours for incredibly little pay. But these people are paid, no matter how small their paycheck is, before the piracy even begins. It's me. (laughs) It's you. I'm underpaid. (laughs) Yeah, it fucking sucks. Like, I've... we all know the the fucking video game that came out and everyone's hand wringing these fucking soft ass I was gonna say a bad word but I won't <laughs> uh, and they're like but the people worked really hard okay well number one head dev was a Nazi number two <laughs> <laughs> they've already been paid everyone's already been paid everyone's been paid they've been paid and I hope they enjoy their blood money <laughs> it's not like Warner Brothers are gonna be like well someone's pirating yoink <laughs> Other campaigns argue that piracy harms independent films. Smaller projects with smaller budgets would get hurt. But again, if we looked at the data provided by Pirate Bay, this isn't the case. Film piracy is largely concentrated on big blockbusters. Because the people that care about film... Exactly! ...that care enough to seek out and watch independent films are willing to part with their money to support creators directly. Exactly. It's like the time where I kind of wanted to watch a big blockbuster movie, and instead I just bought a ticket to everything everywhere all at once and then <laughs> to give them money and then snuck into the big blockbuster movie. <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah. It's right? like, you know, it, w- with music again, it's people who care about independent music creators will care enough to give them money on Bandcamp yes. yeah. instead of, you know. Spotify. Exactly. Exactly. Now that th- we are seeing the death of physical media and the rise of streaming services, peer-to-peer file sharing has become an important part of preserving lost media. Streaming platforms can decide to drop whole pieces of media at a moment's notice, effectively disappearing an entire series or movie from the public. So Disney Vault. Yep. Well, <laughs> even worse. Because we don't have VHS copies of, <laughs> of the movies. When HBO Max removed 36 Cartoon Network series from its platform, even the showrunners were left without any full versions of their work, digital yeah. or hard. Digital piracy and peer-to-peer sharing and good old Google Docs 
were the only way to keep any record of these 36 uh, shows and the idea that they ever existed. Yeah, it's rough. Like, what, uh, you know, many years ago, I was working on a, speaking of Transformers. Yeah. I was working on a Transformers cartoon. Yeah. And, and I was, you know, in a, in a management, like, coordination role. And a part of our... Our wrap-up for the show was that we had to send all the files we had to Hasbro and then delete them off our servers. And so, the, and if they don't, what if they don't want to use it anymore? Yeah. You know and then I mean? we also had to ask for their permission anytime we wanted to use it in a promo reel. Yeah. Like, it's very locked down, especially with big brands. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I was on Twitter um, when HBO, like, threw out all those shows. Yeah. And there's shows that I really like, like Infinity Train and Close Enough. And I saw the uh, the showrunners say, like, I don't have a copy. Yeah. And that would have been so fucking heartbreaking for something that they put their soul into. Absolutely. Especially when it's like, this is their concept. This is their yeah. creation from the get-go. Yeah. Just... So, hey, peer-to-peer sharing is the only reason why we have these still today, right? Yep. I was thinking about that. Like, I have an entire collection of the entire I Love Lucy series. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to find because, again, there was DVD releases of some but not all. Um, and I'm just, I'm thinking how popular this series was in the 50s uh, and how far removed we are from it today. And, like, just the idea of, like, it could just not exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I'm also thinking my show that I love so dearly is The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Mm-hmm. And they released the first season DVDs. Um, I bought them. I have them. I still, they are the very few <laughs> DVDs that I own. They never released a second, the second season because there was music rights issues. Yeah. But that's essentially lost media unless you taped VHS copies off the TV. Mm-hmm. Like you have whole episodes that might not exist anymore. We're never going to know what Pete and Pete got up to. I do. Well, you know, I, I do. I didn't watch it. I'm never going to know what the It Pete's was a great series. It was a fucking great series. It was yeah. so great. Um, and it was very influential for my, again, sense of humor. But I just think about, like, all the stuff that we're missing. Yeah. Right? Truly. Truly, truly, truly. The original Napster was served with an injunction and shut down its service July of 2001. It reopened in September of that year. Oopsie. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to turn the service into a subscription model, but other free file sharing apps had popped up to take its place, such as LimeWire or Kazaa or Grokster, and many others continued where Napsters had left off. In April 2009, the original creators of the Pirate Bay were found guilty of copyright infringement, hit with a $6.5 million fine, and were forced to serve one year in jail. Are you fucking kidding me? Yikes. Even though the site is continuously blocked and taken down by various countries, the current platform seems to be keeping one step ahead, changing the domain countless times. Yeah. They are currently up right now, calling themselves, quote, the world's most resilient torrent site. They, yeah, I mean, they're, they're great. They always manage to have mirrors up in case, yeah. you know, you're not able to access. So. Mm-hmm. No, that's how I get... I We don't subscribe to Netflix anymore because fuck them. We don't subscribe to, like... We don't subscribe to anything mm-hmm. because I don't want to give them my money. Yeah. Like, Disney can go fuck themselves. I'm not getting Disney Plus. If I really want to watch a, a Baby Yoda, I'll fucking download it. <laughs> ah, baby fucking Yoda. A Baby Yoda. I'll fucking download it. Yeah. 
Digital piracy hurts multimillionaires and corporations. Metallica may have lost CD sales back in the year 2000, but they sure make up for it by charging upwards of $200 a ticket for a concert in their 2023 tour. Jeez. Disney and Universal will lose money when you download Avatar. 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 When you download Avatar or the newest Fast and Furious. But I'm here to remind you that stealing from giant mega corporations isn't actually stealing. Hey, steal a car from Bob Iger. Steal a handbag from Ted Serenos. Steal a television from Jeff Shell. Steal a movie from Jeff Bezos. Piracy is a crime, but a very good one. <laughs> Are you ready to see this very bad ad? Yeah. His name was Grogu, by the way. Whomst? The Baby Yoda. Grogu. That doesn't sound right. That was his name. <laughs> that Disney wants... I don't listen to Disney. <laughs> I don't do what they say. Fair. Are you ready? Let's do it. If you want to find this ad and watch along with us, you can look at our sources. We'll return after these messages. so funny huh it's so funny because it's like here are all these things that are crimes but also they you know people commit crimes for a reason yeah uh, generally due to economic hardship or yeah. a number of factors which is not helped but one might say actively hindered by the the giant conglomerates that sort of own this company this country or yeah not this country but well this country this country, this country and america yeah uh um and you're now you're making a commercial saying, "Hey, don't don't do this also, because it, it's also bad." It's, fuck off, cops! Yeah, fuck off, cops! Fuck the fuck off! Stop protecting your fucking property. Yeah, do shit. I don't anything. care if you have money or not, because I don't think you should have any. <laughs> uh, a, a story that I actually want I wanted to get into this, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I was just kind of off a shoot. Is there was a lot of anti-piracy ads and there yeah. was a Dutch ad um, in Dutch theaters and it ironically pirated a fucking song oh. to use in their anti-piracy. That's incredible. So the, the it was very much like this song was like kind of new metal yeah. and they got it from a Dutch artist and they never paid him. Who was the band that put out the album called Steal This Album? Uh, it was System of a Down. Yes. Okay. Great, 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 great. Uh, and that was in, I think, like 2002 mm -hmm. because it was, I was still in school. Um, but then that would be right during like the rise of Napster, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah. Oh, System of a Down. Well, especially like artists, artists, musical artists know that the people really profiting off of their success especially if they're smaller artists, yeah. are the, you know, record executives exactly. and, and those people. Exactly. Yeah. Man, Steal This Album was a really fucking good album. <laughs> and I, you know what? Did steal it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you talk about, it, it's mostly music, so why don't you talk about what you saw? It's very, the, the aesthetic is very, you know, of the time. Yeah. You see a, a teen girl 
in a, a dark room. Yeah. Her bedroom. It's very moody. Yeah. Uh, and we can see her on her computer. She's opening up a download website. Ooh la la. It's very, you know, blocky text web 1.0. Hell yeah. And then we see that, you know, we get the static and the text comes in like, you wouldn't steal a car. And we see a guy come and break into a car. You wouldn't steal a handbag. And some guy comes in and, and picks up a lady's handbag where it's hanging off her chair at lunch. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't steal a movie. Yeah. And, and they're stealing uh, from Blockbuster. From uh, Blockbuster. Uh, and, yeah, I would. And yeah, I, I have, would. And I did. So. <laughs> um, what was it? Uh, 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 the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. That's the one they steal. Nice. Hey, pretty good. You know, it's it's stealing even if you just pay the fee and you just don't return it. Because yep. that's, you know, it's more time than you were supposed to get. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and then it says... You, you wouldn't steal a downloading's piracy. Di- downloading is piracy and it's against the law. It's against the law and so don't do it. Hey, folks, <laughs> just because it's a law don't mean it's moral. Yeah. Don't mean it's good. Don't mean it's good. So true. (laughs) Don't mean it's a good one. And it's actually our job to follow and protest against the real bad ones. Yep. Absolutely. It's 2023. It's 2023. We are doing a lot of piracy because I am not paying anyone for me. Anybody. I'm only, actually, I did that um, this year and last year. I tried my best to only go to movies in the movie theater of, like, original work. You know what I mean? Not even, like, I even went to a fucking movie by Universal. I went to Megan. There, I said it. Um, And Thregan. And Thregan. But it was an original fucking idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I know who to give my money to. I'm not giving my money to fucking Disney Marvel piece of ass. As I think I have expressed in the past... um, on this podcast. I don't enjoy films. No. So I don't go to them mm. or watch them. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I. You don't have a letterbox? Torn a lot of reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? They don't need to get paid. That fucking shit. Well, they've been shit. paid. They've been no, no, paid. No. The, I know. What I mean is, like, you don't need to go and pay for the NBC service, Peacock. Oh, to absolutely fucking... not. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm not no. lining your pockets. Absolutely not. That's the worst thing to do. <laughs> if I could give money directly to these drunk 19-year-olds, I would. And I hope they snort it. <laughs> Jordy Shore never looked too good. <laughs> boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, okay, it's 2023. It's 2023. And piracy and, is still a problem. And there are so many more things to steal. There's so much to steal. You can right-click a JPEG <laughs> and save it. And that's stealing, apparently, somehow. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't know it that. It depends on what the image is. If it's a monkey. If well. it's a monkey. Oh. oh. <laughs> Don't you steal that racist monkey. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. But also, you know, there's so much uh, AI Oh, yeah, there's AI. They're stealing all the time. You can steal a whole person. Oh, my God. <laughs> Except their fingers. You could steal, you know, you could steal a fictional person that someone's made with AI. Absolutely. It's mine now. Put it in my pocket. You can make porn, really bad porn. Oh, you could, yeah. Just it's so weird when I see... I want to talk about the AI porn for a moment. Because you know it's made by younger men. Yeah. Because it's just big-breasted women. Oh, yeah. That's it. They have 17 fingers, but their boobs just defy gravity. Oh, my God. 
It's all the I same. I don't think I've seen any. You this haven't? It's exciting. fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's so fantastic. It's the most vanilla fucking porn. It's just big tits. Wow. That's it. And they're bouncing. And it doesn't do anything for you. It could do something for you. It could. It, it, could. it does. It could. So I guess we're on a, a computer, you know, in a, a college dorm room. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a young man mm-hmm. on the computer. And he's... Um, Downloading a mysterious file. Oh, boy. Uh, and then he opens it, and a, a, just a woman walks into his room, <laughs> and it's like, you wouldn't steal a whole person. Many do. Many do. There's so many people stealing people. <laughs> uh, and then he's like, oh, yeah, she's looking fine. Oh, no. Uh, so it's a, it was a weird science situation. It is a weird science. Ah. Yeah, but I couldn't remember the name. Okay, it's a weird but science. He, so he has downloaded a whole woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For me? And then we just kind of, like, watch as he first, he's like, ooh, interested in her. But then, you know, we sort of see a time lapse and she just ends up, like, picking up after him, like, cleaning his room. <laughs> oh, so his mom. Yeah, his mom. He downloaded he a new He downloaded a new mom. AI mom that he Lord. finds attractive. Oh, God. <laughs> From off one teat and onto the other. And then uh, um, at the end of the commercial, he's like, you wouldn't download a person. Yeah. Or a fictional AI person. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets activated. Was she, like, mentory and candidated? Yeah. What happened? She kills him. Oh, wow. Well, you can't, you shouldn't download an AI person. Oh. Because the robots are coming. I... <laughs> and they will kill us. So it's not against the law. It's just, like, you really shouldn't. You shouldn't do you it. Really Don't shouldn't do it. do it. Like, this is, re- we're going to cross a line and we're not going to be able to get back. <laughs> Friend. And then we just pan across the earth that is like smoking craters and armies of AI robots <laughs> the just transform- marching. The transformer, or the trans, what's the, trans? The trans? The trans. The James Cameron Except movie. for the trans people are flourishing amongst yeah, the robots we're because fine. we're friends. <laughs> what's the do-do-do-do-do? Do-do-do-do-do. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, the Terminator? The Terminator. <laughs> the transinator. Listen, we understand transhumanism and we can relate to them on a different level. Uh-huh. So we make our own bodies too. Yeah, yeah. I like it. That is the new threat. That is the new threat. <sighs> Do you have something that's not threatening? <laughs> I think it might not be threatening. Okay. Um, I have a local ad, and I actually found this um, YouTube video of this man who spent several years helping make commercials like you know doing camera work and stuff on commercials in texas and has posted a four minute video of a bunch of commercials that he helped wow so we're gonna watch the first of them but i might reserve others to uh keep in my pocket for later that's great i love that see again talking about lost media like these commercials you probably can't find anywhere else and sometimes we do a commercial and then youtube says you can't look at this anymore this person made it private Don't privatize it. Don't privatize your local ads. <laughs> okay, so I just want to read the description before we get into it, but um, the, the description of this video said, These are some really bad commercials I made for cable television back in the early 80s. <sighs> Glenn Churchwell was the cameraman for many, and he appears in a few. Really bad commercials. I wrote, voiced, and edited them on three-quarter umatic videotape for insertion into cable channel local avails. Oh. Wow. Now, Glenn, it's not of Glenn's terrific pineapple, is it? I uh, don't think so. Could you imagine? That's a first season ad creep shout out. <laughs> okay. We're building the best. We're making sure. We're building the best. We're 
DW Cable, and you can depend on us to bring the best in cable television home to you. Okay, so <laughs> as a uh, high school like video camera geek, yeah, I galaxy brained and I could see exactly how they filmed it. Oh, really? And I could see like exactly what was said, exactly like how they planned it. The shot where you have the guy driving away, I can see how they prepped the shot and like made him drive and then kind of came back, and made him try again. Like it was just it's now with this perspective. Can yeah. you explain to me uh-huh. what this is? Alice holding up one finger. Yes. It means they're number one, baby. Oh. It means they're number one, baby. It means they're number one. Because they don't say that. They don't they say, say the that. Best, they say the best. Which is different from number, number one. one. <laughs> or they could just be like, give me a minute. Hey, do you give mind? Give me a minute. I'm actually in there the There was a guy something. with the best mustache, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. did have a look, and he did put up the, the index finger, and he, it looked like he was indicating just give just me a Just give minute. me a minute. Because he was on the phone. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they... I want to say, like, they wanted to film this commercial. They walked into, like, the exact of cable, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and he did just give me a minute. And they're like, this is it. This is it. This is what we'll now do. Now everybody else has to do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? They did. They did. Uh, my favorite was the guy who looked like my dad with the aviator glasses. Yeah. Uh, uh, installing cable with, like, a jean jacket. That was pretty incredible. Up, up the pole. I don't think, brother, I don't think that's the correct way to use a fall arrest. <laughs> Boy, oh boy. Uh, if you have any superb local ads, you can email us at creeps at gmail.com. Yep. You can also find us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at adcreeps and on co-host at adcreeps. And that's all of them. That's all of them. That's all of them. And we love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. That's it. Until next time, we are signing, signing off. Work for my spouse. So there's dog hair in like my laptop is it's full of crumbs. Ugh. Oh yeah, my keyboard's actually nasty. It's like a whole city living underneath there. If I drop like shake out my laptop, the amount of crumbs could feed so many shrews. And little mice like us, like the Cinderella mice. <laughs> yeah. Gus, Gus. Gus, Gus. <laughs> <laughs>